0: A couple of other things I'll mention. One is that Shirley Lidberry is here. Is she not? Did I not see Shirley? But she stepped out. Well, you know what? I'm just grateful that Shirley's able to step out. Isn't that nice? She's been gone for a long time with some significant significant hip issues. And uh, I think there are some new parts there that have been... Put in place, and uh, I'm sure she's anxious to have her full mobility restored. So we need to be continuing to pray for uh, Shirley as she mends, for sure. Uh, take note of the surprise that's in the bulletin for John and Angie, the, uh, the insert. That is a surprise. There's no John and Angie here this morning, so they can't hear me say this. Uh, we will expunge this from the CD. And so they won't be able to know that this is a surprise. So don't spring the surprise on them too soon. You can read the details in the bulletin there. And then I just wanted to mention uh, that most of us know, I think, that Drew Clark had a biopsy yesterday. Uh, At least I'm assuming that that went through, uh, that that happened. And so we need to continue to keep the Clarks in our prayers for sure and the results of uh, the biopsy, trying to determine exactly what's going on with his little body. So keep, uh, keep them in your prayers for sure. If you would turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, that would be great. Page 851 in the Pew Bibles. Page 851. Hebrews 11, for those who have their own Bibles, I hope you do. I hope you have your own. We have a lot of different ways in which we express the concept of faith. And there are a lot of ways in which the vocabulary of faith has entered into our society. And so, Cleve, if you want to turn on the PowerPoint, for example, in terms of expressing faith today, there are words like keeping the faith that we sometimes hear. You ever heard that? Keep the faith. It always sounds very noble. It's usually some athlete who says it in some really important event. And they say, keep the faith. Or we will have expressions like, you just have to have faith. Very seldom does anyone mention exactly what we're supposed to have faith in. Sometimes it's ourselves. Sometimes it's society. Sometimes it's just a sense of having faith in faith. But we're supposed to have faith. Then we could just believe. That's the next one. Just believe. We hear that expression. Sometimes people at a, in the World Series, when Boston was down 3-0... to zero, Against the New York Yankees in about 2005, somebody started holding up a placard that said, just believe. And the Red Sox came back and won four in a row. It's the only time it's ever happened. It wasn't the World Series of playoff, but they came back and won after being down three to zero. Never happened before. It was absolutely spectacular, unless you're a Yankees fan, in which case you're, are you a Yankees fan? You're probably still grieving if you're a Yankees fan. Okay. Then we hear expressions like a true believer. He's a true believer. As if there is another kind. Have you ever heard of a false believer? He's a believer, but he does so falsely. Okay? That doesn't make a lot of sense. So we want people to be true believers. Then there are faithful friends. If they were an unfaithful friend, would you still call them a friend? A faithful friend. We have our faithful dog Shep. Okay? That's... Kind of a, become almost a cliche. Our faithful dog, in this case, Shep. Then we have people who are faithful till the end. I'm not sure exactly what the end is, but they're faithful to the end. Is that faithful to the end of the relationship? In which case, not so faithful any any longer? We have those, and this makes some sense, who are faithful unto death. Very seldom is that taken literally, but at times, faithful unto death. Then we have a song that came out I never saw her face, but I'm a believer. Now just think about that for a moment, OK? I'm in love with her. I believe that this is true love, but I've never seen her face. Sounds like an Internet relationship to me. The Beatles or the monkeys didn't know that when they wrote the song, but it was a prophecy in the making talking about internet dating relationships. And then here's this one, and you guys have seen this one before, so I'm not saying anything you haven't heard before. Everyone has to believe in something I believe. I'll have another beer. Now, there's an awful lot of people who say that kind of thing, and I'm sure they say it with jest, but there's some sense in which they're trying to mock, I think, the notion of believing. Uh, I wouldn't say that this is the height of intellectual comment or... Uh, the height of literature within our society for someone to think that a statement like that is profound. Everyone has to believe in something. I believe I'll have another beer. Well, these hardly suffice as what I would characterize as true expressions of faith and certainly not Christian faith. The fact is, is that faith is something way deeper. You can turn that off, Cleve, thanks. Faith instead has been often characterized within Christianity as something that is ultimately challenging. Something profound. Something that takes us to a deeper level. And so sometimes faith has been characterized and aligned with the idea of martyrdom. We have numerous depictions from the early church of those who were martyrs for Christ. And if we were going to define faith, it may be that these kinds of expressions of faith are the most profound. For example, in the year 357 AD, there was a felon named Agapius who Eusebius tells us was brought to the arena along with a murderer. So he and a murderer sounds almost reminiscent of the cross. He and a murderer, are come into, they come into the arena and are cast before wild animals. The emperor gave clemency to the murderer. But when Agapius refused to accept liberty by renouncing his faith, he rushed against a bear who was let loose to kill him. After being mauled by the bear, he was taken to prison. He survived for one day. Then stones were bound to his feet and he was thrown into the sea because he was a Christian. Alphaeus, in 350, was scourged Scraped with iron hooks and severe bonds, he received different tortures on the rack, had his feet stretched a night and a day in the stocks, and at the end, he was beheaded. Epaphinus, when he tried to prevent someone from sacrificing to a pagan god, was seized and torn apart by the soldiers. He received innumerable stripes on his whole body and was cast into prison. There he was stretched with both feet for a night and a day. When he was brought before the judge and refused to make a sacrifice, his sides were opened up, scraped to the bone, while he was beaten on the face and the neck. When he still did not yield, they covered his feet with linen, steeped in oil and set fire to the cloth, and the fire penetrated to the bones. You know, I could go on because there's numerous stories like that of people who have offered their bodies literally to flames and torture for the sake of Christ. And there's no sense or no doubt that you and I would call that faith. The problem is is that it's very unlikely that you and I are going to experience anything like that. I don't anticipate having to face the rack Because of my faith in Christ. Is it possible? I suppose it's possible. And if it doesn't happen to me in North America. I suppose it's possible that it could happen elsewhere. I've heard Lynn Anderson tell the story of. Hearing the Chinese preacher. Maybe you've heard this story or read this in Lynn's book. Of the Chinese preacher who. Was arrested in communist China. And for years was required every day to walk around barefooted in human excrement as part of his punishment for years. That's a modern day story. What's wonderful or interesting about that story is that while he was walking around in that kind of conditions, he would sing to himself and his favorite song was, I Come to the Garden Alone. And he saw somehow the Lord's beauty in the midst of his trial. Even though that can happen in a modern day kind of context, I'm expecting that it's not going to happen to me. I I pray that it doesn't. Maybe. Maybe it will happen to you or to me. Maybe our society will get to the point where we have to exercise that kind of faith. But it's probably unlikely. So faith is for us, I think, going to take on some different expressions. My faith is probably not going to have to be proved by my martyrdom. So how will it express itself? Well, I don't know if you've, uh, if you've seen the latest Indiana Jones movie. I tend to like the Indiana Jones movies, or at least some of them. The first one I thought was great. I was kind of enlightened by it, I, or encouraged, or blessed, or whatever one wants to say. It was, it was neat to see someone talk about the power of God in a movie. The second one, I thought was terrible. The Temple of Doom. Not such a great movie. The third one, The Last Crusade, I thought was great. And I really enjoyed it. Again, kind of an expression of faith and we're gonna see that in just a moment. The fourth one, eh, not so much. You can, I don't know if you've seen it. Anybody seen that one yet? It's okay. It's not great. But I have a clip here that I want us to see from the third one which I think really speaks to the issue today. And so, Christine, if you're ready, we'll see if we can... uh, You know how this goes with the media thing, but we'll just see if this will play. There we go. Lights, please. Lights. Thanks. You remember this scene from the movie? It's the third of three tests. From the lion's head, will prove his worth? Maybe we'll get there. Maybe not. you must hurry Now there's kind of an interesting expression of what it means to be faithful. Is that the way that we think of faith? Um, Is faith for you having to answer that kind of challenge? Is there something on the line for you most of the time when you're questioned with faith or when a faith challenge is there where someone's life is at risk. Because in, in the movie, if he doesn't complete the task, his father's going to die. He has to take the step off into space if uh, his father's going to live. So is that the way it typically is with us today? I think the, the scene raises some questions. But even here, I wonder if that's how most of us are when it comes to the question of faith. Like, that's not really the kind of experience that I have on a day-to-day basis. Like, not very often am I put in the position where my faith is life or death, not just for me, but for somebody else. Instead, most of the time, my faith is the day-to-day struggle of how I will live with the relatively minor... But nonetheless, constantly present challenges that I face. Indiana Jones only has one chasm to go across. He faces it once he's done. Although it's, of course, monumental. With you, my guess is you have to face challenges to your faith on almost a daily basis. I remember a friend of mine in Victoria who used to work in a motorcycle shop. And he would constantly be challenged with his faith by the rest of the guys who worked in the shop. And they weren't just kidding around. Like they were serious challenges. And they would ridicule him. They would mock him. They would do things to him. Just little irritating things. To get his goat. Maybe make him stumble. Make him fall. Hear that that one word that they thought they'd never hear out of his mouth. That's the kind of challenge that we tend, I think, to face. And that is the point at which we have questions, challenges facing us that we have to answer about faith and faithfulness. Where will we be? And so it's a long-term kind of question. It's a question not with some instantaneous, momentary, big issue, like stepping out into the air. But the question of how we will live day after day, year after year, in one sense, monotonous day after day, and whether or not in the end Christ will find us faithful. If he doesn't, why would he not Like what choice would you make? What is it that would drive you to say to yourself, I think after all these years of being a faithful Christian, maybe having been raised in the church or having come to Christ at some point in my life, why is it that at that point you might say, I'm going to give this up? I'm going a different route. What would be the challenges that would take you in that direction? Could it be That the constant message we hear from the world, that our faith is not real, or that God doesn't exist, or that he's not true, or that the things Christians have done in the past somehow make illegitimate our faith. If it's those things that we hear that push us in the direction of not believing, we need to hear what the Hebrew writer has to say about the need For us to remain faithful. And so I want you to look at your text now. Page 851 or Hebrews chapter 11. And I want us to not just read this text this morning. I want us to read this. And I want us to do so. Out loud. The text has already been read. The ladies did that earlier. But I want us. Three times now. To read verses 1 and 2 of Hebrews chapter 11. Together. The first two verses, and I want us to do, out, do it out loud. And I want us to do it with this kind of mindset. Help, I want us to understand and think about what the words mean as we read them. God's word, as it's revealed in scripture, is intended by God to say something to us, to speak to our hearts, to do something to us. Something's supposed to happen when scripture is made real to me. When I understand it and I'm confronted with the word of God, there's some kind of change. Some kind of spiritual experience that's supposed to happen. I could just read this text and you'd read it and then your mind would go on and we'd be wrestling with maybe what that means. Maybe not. This morning as we read this together out loud, I want you to think, what does this text mean to me? What does it mean for my life? What does faith mean to me? How does faith get worked out in my own life? Okay, look at the text with me together. And just read this from the Bible that's in front of you. Out loud, please. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Read it again. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. One more time. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. When the word of God is read... The Spirit is present. You can't, you can't read Scripture and have the Spirit of God not present when you read it. And so when we read a text, and if we take it seriously and think about how these people were commended, and the, you know the, the roll honor, the roll call of faith that goes on in chapter 11, you read through the rest of this, this is what they were commended for. They were sure of what they hoped for, certain of what they did not see. And for them, just like us, it's a long-term, everyday, lengthy, lifelong kind of commitment. And so, on every Sunday morning, I think I've probably ever preached, there was somebody somebody in the audience who wrestled with their faith. I have no doubt about that. I know that there is somebody here this morning who came, and I'm so grateful that you came. But you came this morning because you wrestle partially with your faith. Maybe you got up and you thought, am I going to go today? Am I going to go? The auditorium's probably going to be hot. I'll, I'll probably be sitting somebody next to somebody who's singing off key. And they probably won't be that friendly. And if you're a guest, you probably came and said to yourself, I hope that this church today, and in, in there somewhere there's somebody who will say hi to me. I don't want to go away from another church service and have no one say hello to me. And so it would have been so easy for you to not get up and not go today. It would have been easy for you to look and say, pretty nice weather this morning, time to wash the car. The Lord will make it rain on you if you said that. I guarantee there is someone around you somewhere who had thoughts like that or something similar because they wrestle with their faith. And God calls us, in contrast to that, to faithfulness. He wants us, through the long haul, day after day, moment by moment, not in the big issues of stepping off in faith, but in the moment by moment minor issues of faith to be faithful. And so he's glad you're here today. And I'm glad you're here today. And I hope that this morning you hear the need from Scripture for you to be faithful For you to say, I am going to day in and day out acknowledge Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I am going to be faithful and be his child. I know it's a challenge. I guarantee it's a challenge. If you didn't face it yesterday, you likely will tomorrow. And through all of that, God wants very much For you to be faithful. Now let me tell you or show you the foundation. For where that faith. Must come. I want you to go. Just look back a couple of paragraphs. Or whatever it is in your Bibles. To Hebrews chapter 10. And look at verse 23. We read this text two weeks ago. But man it's so important that we get it today. Verse 23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. And what's it say, folks? For he who promised is faithful. When you got up this morning and wavered, should I go or should I not? Or when you were at work this week and somebody was challenging you, something was said, and you had that chance to compromise. And you wavered. While you were wavering, there is one who was faithful. And he will always be. He will be faithful to you no matter what. And because he is always faithful, his faithfulness calls you and me to ourselves consistently be faithful before him. And so I have no doubt that the challenges will come. I have no doubt that there are those this morning here who wrestle with it. And I promise you that there is one who is faithful. And because he is, we are called to and must continue to be faithful to him. It's the long haul. It's the long term. It's the future. It's the day-to-day plugging away being faithful. And God desires that from us. Let's uh, finish the video clip. See what he's doing? brothers who swore an oath to find the grave and to guard it. It was 700 years ago. Time to wait. You strangely dressed for a night. Not exactly. A night? What do you mean? I was chosen because I was the bravest, the most worthy. The honor was mine another came to challenge me to single combat, I pass it to you, who vanquished me. Okay. Thanks, Chris. What I think is striking here is the contrast. Indiana Jones had one step to take. It was momentary, although it was huge. The knight waits in the same room, reading the Bible, praying for 700 years. For 700 years, he's faithful. And what does he say? I knew you would come. I knew you would come. The reason he knows that someone will come is because he's faithful to God. And the story is fanciful. The story is mythical. The story has nothing to do with reality. But it does make the point that God wants us to be faithful. I don't know if, uh, if God honors stories like that. But in this case, it tells the truth. It tells the truth about how day-to-day, very average, very mundane very almost boring circumstances can face us and we need every day to face those with faith and when we do the mundane and the everyday becomes a sacred commitment on our parts to belong to God and God honors that everyday sacred commitment to be his I exhort you, brothers and sisters this morning, to be faithful. We have, from God, received a great call. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the opportunity we have to be faithful to you. Father, I'm thankful for these people who are faithful to you. Help us to honor and love you and serve you in every way, to always day to day, in the mundane activities of our lives, to trust you, to be diligent in our faith. Through Christ we pray. Amen.